Good morning, everyone. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to our service this morning. Uh, whether you're here with us in church or you're looking in from home, thank you so much for joining us. And I want to offer a special welcome to the Reverend Alvin Little, who's in our pulpit this morning. Alvin and his wife Linda have been worshipping with us on a fairly regular basis recently. And uh, it's great to see Alvin up in the pulpit this morning. As you know, this is Mark's Easter break. Uh, he had a, a, quite a, a busy time over Easter, so he and Elaine are having a few days away. So if in this period you need the services of a minister, would you please contact an elder or contact me? That would be good. But it's good to, that we're all here this morning. And I'm now going to make an apology that you couldn't come in through the front door. The problem is, if you remember about six weeks, two months ago, we had a burst pipe in the vestibule. And the work has now started to do that repair. Water seeped out of the burst pipe and into the concrete. So there's a drying process going on at the moment. And the dryers have been working since last Thursday. Uh, turned off this morning for the service. They'll be turned on again later. And that's to dry out the concrete before we start to put the new carpet down. So that's where we are. It's likely to take more than a week. So don't be surprised if when you come to church next weekend, you see a sign saying, please use the side door. But that's the problem that we have at the minute. And in case you're worrying about how much it's going to cost, as we understand the insurance, people are covering it. Now, yes, Pat's just giving me a nod. <laughs> Pat, Pat is our link to insurance. So that, that's, that's good from that point of view. Uh, the Queen's Platinum Jubilee, in your order of service this morning, you'll see a request. I'm not going to go through it all now, but if you would start having a wee look, please. Uh, and if you have anything that dates back to 1952, then you can see all the instructions in there. That's good. Next weekend is the church weekend. The one that couldn't happen away from church is now going to happen in church. Uh, names have been taken. If you need any information on it whatsoever, talk to Tom Henry. But I will remind you that there was a flyer available for it last week. It's available again today. So if you need information, please talk to Tom. Uh, now, Men's Fellowship is this Saturday in the Salty Dog. Those of us who enjoy our cooked Ulster Fry will be there. If you wish to join us, please let Bill Aiken know so that Bill can let the restaurant know and they can be prepared for us. But it, it's Saturday coming and it's 8 o'clock in the Salty Dog. And finally, to our distributors, uh, there's a package for you. Within the package is the annual report of the congregation for 2021. Would you please collect and do the distribution? Everything is in the quiet room. So our thanks to each and every one of you for all you do in those distributions. And uh, we look forward now to our service. So Reverend Little, thank you so much. Thank you for coming and for leading our service. Uh, good morning, everyone. Good. As, uh, thank you, Bill. Oh, there's my water spilled all over the place. So there's now another water leak on this um, part of it. <laughs> oh, dear, not a good start. Sure, it's not. 
So, as uh, Billy says, Linda and I have been coming along on, on uh, Sunday mornings recently. And can I say, coming in as a, a new person is quite scary uh, into a new church. I mean, even for somebody like me who's used to hanging around churches for uh, uh, most of my life, you, you just feel so anxious coming in. I mean, it's wee things. You just worry, are you going to be sitting in somebody else's seat or, or just... Um, just being new, you just don't know how things are, and, and uh, you just think, oh, I don't know, I'm not sure. So <laughs> we've so appreciated those who have just very quietly, gently, warmly said hello to us, or, or just spoken a couple of words to us, or, or just simply smiled at us. And can I just say to you, just, you know, small things like that make such a huge difference to new people coming in and sitting around you. So just, you know, just look around, you just see, notice, and, and, and just, you know, just it's, it's gentle, but it's lovely, and it's so appreciated. Uh, today we're going to think about um, joining Jesus um, as he changes lives um, in our community. And we're going to use a story from the Bible, um, from John chapter 4. It's the story of... Um, and this, what's called the Samaritan woman who lives in a village or town called Sychar. And it's a story of not only just how Jesus touched her one life, but how Jesus through her reached out and touched the whole community and transformed the whole community through her. And I'd love for us in, in Ballycrocken just to catch something of the wonder of that and the power of that for us here in, in, in Ballycrocken. And just to make this our prayer, Lord. Would you use us? Would you use us in, in Ballycrocken to share the good news of Jesus and just see you touching and transforming the lives of people in this area? So that, that's hopefully uh, where uh, we're going this morning. Could I just pray with you and, and just, just begin with and just invite you uh, just invite you to just open your heart and, and just come. So again, I, I don't know how you came through the door this morning, what kind of things are going on in your heart and mind, but I, I just would love you to come. And I'd love you to experience the presence of Jesus um, as we worship. Like I really believe that Jesus, by his beautiful Holy Spirit, is able and willing and, and keen just to, to, to surprise you with his presence. And just touch you with his tenderness. And unlock your hearts. And free you from your sins. So that we can reach out into the community around about us. And, and just touch other people's lives as well. Father in heaven, just thank you that we are known and that we're loved by you. And, and we thank you just as we come this morning that you're here, you're waiting for us, just like you were waiting for that woman at the well. And we invite you as we open our hearts. We invite you to, to work deeply, deeply inside us. 
just gently reach through all of the, you know, the, the little barriers, the obstacles that we put up and just reach right in and just touch us on the inside. Draw us to yourself. Just draw us. And we love you, Jesus. We love you, Lord. And so we worship. In Jesus' name, amen. When we stand, when we worship, how deep the Father's love for us, how vast beyond all measure. Let's worship together.
Good. Uh, let's read the, the Bible together. Um, John chapter 4. Uh, we'll read in two parts. We'll read the, the, the first 15 verses now and then we'll uh, uh, come back to it. So it's this story where Jesus is down south. I'll show you a wee map later on. Down south in Jerusalem. He's making his way up north to Port Stewart. And uh, uh, there's this area in the middle around Balamina uh, where it's Sychar. And, and so that's basically the, the kind of map. So this is God's word. Just love God's word. Just love it. So he, here it is in John 4, 1. The Pharisees heard that Jesus was gaining and baptizing more disciples than John. Although, in fact, it was not Jesus who baptized, but his disciples. When the Lord learned of this, he left Judea and went back uh, once more up to Galilee. Now, he had to go through Samaria. And so he came to a town in Samaria called Sychar, near the plot of ground that Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired as he was from the journey, sat down by the well. It was about the sixth hour, about 12 o'clock, midday, hottest part of the day. When the Samaritan woman came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, "'Will you give me a drink?' And his disciples had gone into the town to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, You're a Jew. I am a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? For the Jews do not associate with Samaritans, and men don't speak to women in public. It's so unusual. And Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that asks you for a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. Sir, the woman said, you have nothing to draw with and the well is deep. Where can you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob who gave us the well and drank from it himself as did also his sons and flocks and herds? And Jesus answered, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks the water I give him will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I won't get thirsty and have to keep coming here to draw water. Super. We'll come back to that wee story uh, in a wee minute or two. And boys and girls, I saw one or two, so that's good. So um, just want to have a wee chat with you and with the adults. So I brought some sweets as kind of like bribery. So... uh, So, boys and girls, if you answer any of my questions, you're welcome to come up and and, uh, get some sweets, or I can throw them down to you if if I'm a good shot. So, here's here's the first question. How many boys and girls like getting their photographs taken? Put your hand up if you like getting your photograph taken. My eyesight's not very good, so I can't see a thing, so... How many adults like getting their photographs taken? Put your hands up if you're an adult and you like getting your photographs. Yes, there's a granny being in her hand being shoved up. Yeah, okay, super, great. How many people here um, hate getting their photographs taken? Put your hands up. Yeah. So here's the first opportunity for sweet. Uh, Anybody like to come and take a photograph of me this morning? 
I'll get out my phone and uh, anybody be willing to come and, and if I can get my phone on. Anybody like to take a wee photograph of me? Any boy or girl? Any adult? Any growing up? You can have a fiver instead. So. so Oh, yeah, I'll pose. Yeah, I, I just make sure you get my best side, will you? That's okay. So, here we go. You taking it? What's it look like? What do you think? Shouldn't tell lies in church, should you? I mean, the truth is, boys and girls, I hate getting my photograph taken. I really hate it. My nose is big and a bit wonky. I've missing teeth, and I just, I look so old. I mean, I remember when I looked so young and cool and trendy. You, you know, <laughs> no, it was a hundred. <laughs> uh, yeah. Don't believe that. That's another lie. Anyway. Here's another picture of me. Um, Boys and girls, anybody tell me what this picture is called? Anybody know what this picture is called? I'll give you two packs of sweets for this answer. Yep. It's an X-ray super girl. Well done. There you are. Whoa. It's called an X-ray. Anybody tell me what an X-ray? It's a picture of my uh, ribs. Picture of my ribs. That's it's a picture of my inside. It's a picture not of my outside, what I look like on the outside. It's a picture of what I look like on the inside. And isn't it an amazing thing about Jesus, boys and girls, that when he looks at you and me, he not only sees what you look like on the outside. When Jesus looks at me, he can see what I'm like on the inside. And when Jesus looks at me, do you know what he sees? He sees that all my faults and all my feelings, he sees all the stuff in my life that that really I don't like. And he sees the stuff that I'm even ashamed of from the past week. And he sees what I'm really like and he sees what you're really like. And do you know what he says to you? He says, talk to me. Be honest with me. Tell me what you're really like on the inside, because that's the picture I want to know most about, what you're, what's going on inside you. Any wee fears you have, any wee worries you have, any wee things in your life that you feel guilty about, you feel, I know that's not right. And Jesus says, Talk to me because I love you. I really love you. I love you so much that I um, went to the cross to die for you. I went to the cross because I wanted to take, uh, on that cross, I wanted to take away all the wrong things inside you. I, I wanted to offer you a way to be forgiven, a way to be changed, a way to be clean on the inside. So talk to me because I love you. I love you enough to go to the cross. And so, boys and girls, what I'd love you to do today is I'd love you to talk to Jesus. 
I'd love you as you go to Sunday school or as you go home or before you go to sleep tonight just to talk to Jesus and say to Jesus, Jesus, thank you. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for knowing the worst about me. You know, when I'm here, I put on my best clothes in front of you. But Jesus knows the worst about me. And knowing the worst about me, he still cares about me, which is quite amazing, really, isn't it? And so he says, would you talk to me? Would you tell me? Don't just show me what you're like on the outside, on your phone. Talk to me about what you're like on the inside. Because that's what I'd really love to talk to you about. And that's really what I'd love to change. Well, well, we, um, we've got a wee, uh, boys and girls, just if you didn't get a wee sweet, I'm going to leave them up here. And so, you know, at the end of the service, just you come back in and, and if you want a sweet, just pick them up. If you're an adult and you want a sweet, sneak up and take them very good. <laughs> yeah. So... Uh, we're going to worship, boys and girls. We're going to sing a wee um, song. It's a quite an old song. He's got the whole world in his hands. He's got the whole wide world in his hands. He's got the whole world in his hands. So it goes, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. So let's stand then. You can go out to Sunday school or Bible class or whatever. We'll just take a wee moment just to be quiet again and just try and and look outwards and just think about other people and, and pray for others.
don't know if there are particular people who are on your heart and your mind as you've come to worship this morning, and maybe people in your family who are just struggling. And just going to give you a moment of quietness, and I'd love you to use that just to and pray and lift them up before and God and just. Father, just, you know, all of us are people that uh, we carry in our hearts and, you know, people that we want to lift before you and just long to see you working in their lives. And so, God, we just lift and name them before you. And we look out into this area all around us and we're just so thankful, Father, for um, just all the people who live around us in, um, you know, just the houses that just fill uh, Ballycrock and just thank you for our schools and Kilmaine and Ballymagee for teachers and classroom assistants and, and other staff and thank you for the children um, who learn there. Father, just pray for that generation coming up just that you would work deeply deeply in their hearts and lives, draw them to yourself. Thank you for our elections, and we pray for just every one who's been elected. And Father, we just really pray that you would give them great wisdom so that they could lead us well. Just help those who were disappointed too, Father, just because always there are disappointments, and we just pray. Pray for Ukraine. Father, just we watch it, we see it. I know it's dropping out of the news a wee bit now, but Father, just we have no idea of just the stockpile of pain and, and trauma and tragedy in that country. Thank you for churches in Ukraine reaching out in practical ways with food and, and help. And thank you for those who are reaching out with the good news of Jesus. Thank you for those who are praying with people on the streets or in their homes, sharing Jesus, shining Jesus, both in words and in practical ways. Father God, we, we just feel the pain of our world. It's just so fractured. It's just so broken in, in just so many ways. Desperately needs you, Jesus. Desperately needs to find hope and love and life in you. So Father, use us. Use us to be salt and light in this community. 
use us to be good news and to share the good news of Jesus with the people that we meet. We just pray this in Jesus' precious name. Amen. When we worship together just before I um, chat to you, uh, we're going to use the video. It's Stuart Townsend's um, version of the Lord's My Shepherd. And that one's lovely, lovely words, lovely verse. So let's stand, let's worship together. The Lord's my shepherd, I'll not want. He makes me lie in pastures green. He leads me by the still, still waters. His goodness restores my soul. And I will trust in
read uh, the uh, second part of John 4, second part of the story, maybe if we can just go back and read it. So just that conversation. And we're going to pick it up at verse 16. And Jesus said to her, go call your husband and come back. Well, I have no husband, she replied. End of conversation. Jesus said to her, you're right when you say you have no husband. The fact is you have had five husbands and the man you are now with is not your husband. What you've said is true. Sir, the woman said, I can see that you are a prophet. You've got prophetic gifts. Our fathers worshipped on this mountain, but you Jews claim that uh, the place we must worship is in Jerusalem. And, And Jesus declared, believe me, woman, a time is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. For you Samaritans worship what you do not know. We worship what we do know, for salvation is from the Jews. Yet a time is coming and has now come when true worshippers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. Those are the kind of worshippers the Father seeks. God is spirit, and his worshippers must worship in spirit and in truth. The woman said, well, I know that the Messiah called Christ is coming. When he comes, he will explain everything to us. Then Jesus declared, I who speak to you am he. Just then his disciples returned and were surprised, in fact, probably horrified, to be truthful, to find him talking with a woman. But no one asked, well, what do you want or why are you talking with her? They sat there and thought that. Then leaving her water jar, the woman went back to the town and said to the people, come and see a man who told me everything I've ever done. Could this be the Christ? And they came out of the town and made their way towards him. Meanwhile, his disciples urged him, Rabbi, eat something. But he said to them, I have food to eat that you know nothing about. Then his disciples said to each other, could someone have bought him food? My food, said Jesus, is to do the will of him who sent me and to accomplish his work. Do you not say four months more and then harvest? I tell you, open your eyes and and look at the fields. They are ripe for harvest. Even now the reaper draws his wages. Even now he harvests the crop for eternal life so that sower and reaper may be glad together. Thus the saying, one sows and another reaps is true. I, I send you to reap what you've not worked for. Others have done the hard work and you've reaped the benefits of their labor. Many of the Samaritans from that town believed in Jesus because of the woman's testimony when she said, he told me everything I've ever done. So when the Samaritans came to him, they urged him to stay with him, and he stayed two days. And because of his words, many more became believers. And they said to the woman, we no longer believe just because of what you said. Now we have heard for ourselves, and we know that this man really is the Savior of the world. Jesus really is the Savior of the world. So uh, the talk uh, that I want to, to explore with you today is can we join in with Jesus as he changes lives today? Could, could we be part of that? 
what Jesus is doing in this era. I, I absolutely love this story of the smart woman because I love the heart of Jesus for uh, people, especially for bruised people, broken people, messed up people, marginalized people, those who are struggling with life, those who feel their failures, those who feel somehow that maybe they're worthless, useless, helpless, hopeless. Like, I love verse 4 that we're told that Jesus had to go through Samaria. He felt he just had to go through it. You, you know, as I said, the Jews hated the Samaritans, and, and the feeling was um, mutual. It, it was worse than Rangers and Celtic supporters. It, it was worse than Man United and Liverpool supporters. They, they hated each other. So there's a wee map here. I can't read it because my eyesight's so bad I can't see that far. But you can see in the two and different maps, and, and one is a straight line from Jerusalem, which is right down the bottom, back up to Capernaum, uh, where Jesus kind of lived and ministered from. But the, the picture on the right, you can see it goes off round Samaria. So some Jews wouldn't go through, wouldn't take the direct route. They'd go round because they wouldn't go through Samaria. But we're told, verse 4, that Jesus felt he had to go through it that there was a God purpose in him being in that place, that time, that day, that well, in Sychar, verse 6. And it was 12 noon, 6 hour, hottest part of the day, boiling hot. Jesus was absolutely weary, wrecked, exhausted. So he stays while the disciples go into town to buy some food in Starbucks, or the equivalent. Have you ever felt that way? Like, have you ever felt, oh, Lord, I just can't go on any further. I'm done. So Jesus sat there at the well, waiting, waiting when this woman came along. It was strange. You know, women collected water from the well either early in the morning or, or later in the evening when it was much cooler, but never, ever, ever in the middle of the day. So Genesis 24 tells you it was towards evening, the time when women come out to draw water. And when the women gathered at the well, they gossiped and well. That's what this woman was trying to avoid, them gossiping about her. So she came when she thought that nobody else would be there. But, but Jesus was there. Jesus is here. Even when we're trying to avoid everybody else. Here's the things that struck me in this passage. Number one, you never would have met this woman inside the town or inside the church. You see, when the disciples went into the town, they didn't meet her in the town. Why? Because she was an outsider. And she felt it too. She felt far from God, far from happy, far from hope. Little did she know that Jesus would be there waiting for her at the well, weary from traveling. But when this woman comes to the well, she's weary from carrying a lifetime of pain and a history of rejection. And she comes to the well that day desperately in need of God, desperately in need of life, desperately in need of love, desperately in need of salvation and transformation. When, when I was ministering, Donegadita used to be people joke with me and say, you'll never get me into Shore Street Church, Alvin, because if I walked into that church, the roof would probably fall. I'm sure you've had, heard people say that before. 
And all around us here, we're just so blessed, aren't we? There are houses and there are people just like that who feel for one reason or another that they're not good enough for God. They're not good enough for church. They're not good enough to be in here on Sunday morning. Of course, there are loads of people all around us who have no interest in God, don't care two hoots about God. But there are many, many people all around us who long deep in their hearts to believe that that God could care for the likes of them, that God would sit at the well and wait for them to show up. Like, I don't know if you know anybody amongst your family or friends who are like that. Like, imagine if you bumped into somebody this week at the shops in Ashbury or the school gates or or at work or or wherever you are, and you just started chatting to them, you started loving them, you started connecting with them and caring for them. We call it God encounters, moments that, that God arranges when we're there for somebody just to open their hearts and talk about their struggles and their fears and their heartaches, or even talk to us about Jesus. Do you know what I'd love you to do? I'd love you to pray and say, God, I'd love such a connection with somebody this week. I'd love it if you bumped me into somebody this week. He just would open their heart and chat to me about what's really going on inside. Here's the second thing about this woman that I noticed. You never would have known the pain that she carried in her heart that day. I knew she was carrying a pitcher on her, of water on her shoulders as she came to the well. But what else was she carrying? She was carrying the weight of the world on her shoulders. And I suppose that's what Jesus really wants to know about you and about me today. Like, what have you carried into this room this morning? What weight are you carrying on your shoulder that's too heavy for you? What, What burdens of pain or rejection or brokenness or failure that's weighing you down and making you feel weary? And lovingly, verse 10, um, Jesus speaks to her, uh, uh, this woman, about water, about her thirst, about her deepest longings, her desires for love and for life that, that only he can satisfy in verses 13 to 15. You know, folks, I often say this, that so many people are looking for all the right things, but they're looking in all the wrong places. Like, who doesn't want to be loved? Like, who doesn't want to be really loved, truly loved, deeply loved, just loved for who you are, loved the way that you are, with all your faults and failures, with all your brokenness and pain? Like, isn't that true? Every one of us just wants to be loved. And Jesus doesn't skirt around her pain. Verse 16, he says, go call your husband. Embarrass silence. Marilyn Monroe, if you recognize her, had three husbands. Liz Taylor, I think, had eight. This woman had five, and the guy she's living with now isn't her husband, verse 18. But you know something, folks? Jesus hasn't come to give this woman a lecture. She does not need a lecture. Jesus has come, remember, he felt he had to come because he loves her and wants to offer the gift of life. And so here she is before Jesus with the wounds of past failure and present shame and a hopeless future. But Jesus has come to offer her this morning a brand new life, a brand new beginning, brand new joy, brand new freedom, brand new future, brand new hope. 
Like maybe you've never been married. Maybe you've been married once or twice or more times. Maybe you're just living with somebody. That's okay. All of us have backstory of brokenness and pain. All of us have stuff that we carry around inside us. Stuff that we feel guilty about, shamed of, long to be free from. And Jesus is the one who searches hearts and minds, not to crush us, but to release us. I never knew this, but Sychar, the town, means end. Maybe that's where you feel you are at this morning. You feel you're at the end, you're at your wit's end, the end of your patience, the end of your strength, the end of your hope, the end of struggling to fit into other people's expectations or even match up to your own. I'm going to give you a couple of moments at the end just to come afresh to Jesus and meet him at the well. And if you're carrying unhealed wounds and sores or unresolved issues or unspoken fears or unanswered questions or just disappointments, I'd love you to meet with Jesus. All the stuff that the people sitting around you in Ballycrocken never imagined that you were carrying when you walked in through that door this morning and smiled. It takes courage, though, folks. It takes courage to give Jesus permission to reach right into our very hearts and souls and lives and touch the stuff in there that's causing pain that we keep hidden. But if you want to be free, then you need to be honest with Jesus and with yourself. So here's the wee question. Would you be honest with Jesus this morning? Would you be honest about what's really going on inside you? And and would you give him permission to deal with some of that stuff inside you this morning? Last thing very quickly, you never would have expected God to use this woman in such a powerful way. I don't know if any of you, you know, would love to see... a move of God in, in Ballycrock. And by that I mean just God working so powerfully, drawing many, many people into a living, loving relationship with him. Like, wouldn't it be amazing to see many, many people saved and coming and to know Jesus and their lives wonderfully transformed? It's what my heart longs for. But Sychar was the last place on earth you would have expected to see God move. And this woman was the last person in Sychar that you would have ever expected to be converted. But that's so Jesus, that's so God, the last place, the last people, the last person that we imagine is the very first person that God will work in. And the question is, who is it amongst this community, amongst your friends, amongst your family, you know, that God is working in? The woman drops her pitcher of water, spills it just like I spilt mine, forgets about her water, rushes back into the town to tell everybody about her encounter with Jesus, verse 28, 29. Come and see, she says, verse 29. Come and see, and they come. Why do they come? They come because they see something in her eyes is lit her up. I love the story that a guy called Alan Scott tells about his church. About how a woman in her church, in his church, invited a friend that she got to know at the school gate called Amanda. 
And she invited her a number of times into church, and she didn't come. But then this Easter, um, she came. And uh, she told the story of coming into the church and attending church every week in the year that followed uh, until a year later she gave her heart and life to Jesus along with her three children. Then she told of her baptism and how her husband Peter stood beside her in the water. He was not yet a believer, but he was totally undone at her baptism. And in less than a year later, he gave his life to Jesus too. We invited them to come up to the front of the church. Amanda went on to tell about the friends she then began to invite to church, even before she'd come to faith herself. And one of her friends brought along her husband, and both of them gave their lives to Jesus just a few weeks after starting to attend the church. We invited them to come to the front of the church as well. And then Amanda told us of another family with the same story. And so we invited them to come to the front as well. And one by one, each of those friends, along with their families, came and told their story of how God touched their lives and how Jesus had done something in their life through their connection with Amanda. Until at the end of the interview, we had 18 people uh, along the front of the church. 18 lives had been transformed because one person invited one girl along long to church at the school gates. I don't know how you feel about that story. I just think incredible. Incredible. Like imagine in a year's time, 18 people standing at the front of this church telling their story of how they came to this church and how they came to know Jesus and how their lives have been changed and transformed because you chatted to them one day and you invited them and they came. And Jesus touched them and saved them and changed them and transformed them. Like, how cool is that? You know, you know the old thing, drop, you know, one stone into water and who knows where the ripples are going to end. And the disciples come back, they're not impressed with Jesus talking to this woman. And Jesus says, lift your eyes, just look. See what God is doing right in front of you. Verse 35, I tell you the truth, open your eyes and look at the fields that are ripe for harvest. Like, I wonder, is Jesus saying something the same to you? Just look, open your eyes, lift up your eyes, see what I'm about to do in Ballycrock and see what I'm already doing in this area. And we read verse 39 that that many of the Samaritans believed in Jesus because of the woman's story of a transformed life. And then Jesus stays and, and, and they listen to Jesus and they become engaged with Jesus and they give their lives to Jesus. And because of his words, many more become believers. And then I love um, uh, verse 42. And they said to the woman, we no longer believe because of what you said. Now we have heard for ourselves and now we know that this man really is the saviour of the world. And we really know him as our saviour and our friend. You'd be amazed what Jesus can do with one life, folks. You'd be amazed what Jesus could do with your life, folks. If you really began to open your eyes and you really began to open your heart and you really began to connect with people. And I wonder just at the end of the service, would you like to say to Jesus, Jesus, here I am. 
Let me be that one life in Ballycrocken today. Will we pray? So this prayer is going to be a wee bit different from the after the sermon prayer. I just really would love you and I'm inviting you to meet with Jesus in this room and to do business with him in your heart. I want to pray first of all for those of you who feel that you're at the end, you're at your wit's end, the end of your patience, the end of your strength, the end of struggling to fit into other people's expectations or or just match up to your own. And, And I'm just going to give you a moment with Jesus. Jesus, would you just uh, move amongst us now by your Holy Spirit? Holy Spirit, would you come? You release the presence of Jesus in this room right now. Would you just speak particularly to those who have unhealed wounds, unspoken fears, unresolved issues, or just unanswered questions about you, Jesus? Holy Spirit, would you just uh, reach right into um, each person's heart who just feels that they're at their end. And I just pray that you would feel the presence of Jesus, that you would hear the loving words of Jesus, and that you'd be drawn into the presence of Jesus. Come. Holy Spirit, come. And I want to pray for you if in your heart towards the end of the talk that you were saying, I'd love to be the one, Lord, I'd love you to use me. So um, I sometimes um, do this just to allow you to respond. So, you know, if you'd like to take a wee step of faith and say, Lord, you know, I want to step out in faith. I, I want to be used by you. And so just where you're sitting, without even moving, you can just move your foot forward. A, we indicator to yourself and to Jesus, say, I'd like to take a wee step of faith, Jesus. I, I would love you to use me, so I, I'm just offering uh, my life to you. So, uh, so just where you are, you, nobody else is going to see you do this. 
would you just move your foot forward just to indicate to Jesus and to yourself, Jesus, I, I want to be used. Holy Spirit, would you just, um, again, just move lovingly and just open up conversations for each person who indicated to you that that they would love to be used by you this week. So I want to pray specifically for you. I want to pray that Jesus will give you specific conversations this week, that, that as you do whatever you do in your ordinary everyday life, that, that you will find yourself speaking to somebody you don't know and them opening their heart, either just talking about what's going on in their hearts, talking about their lives, or even talking about Jesus. So I want to pray that for you and over you. Holy Spirit, would you just do that? in our lives this morning. And would you just, as a congregation, would you just help us, Lord, as we try, you know, uh, just to lift up our eyes and begin to look out and just see what you're already doing in this area of Ballycrock and, and then just join with you and, and just be partners with you in what you're doing. Because we long to see more and more and people come to know you and love you and just to be saved by your amazing goodness, amazing kindness, amazing grace. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Amen. So last hymn's lovely. It's amazing grace. How sweet the sound that saved a a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm fine. Was blind, but now I'm seen. Let's stand. Let's worship together.
super, and I think we'll cover wee PowerPoints just to finish with the grace and with another wee prayer. But just to say, you know, I'll, I'll go out to the door just to chat to you, but, you know, I'll come back in again. And I love praying with people, and if I could pray with you about anything, I'd love to do that. And it doesn't have to be anything big. It could be something very small. I just love praying with people. Or if you want to steal a sweet, you can do that as well. And oh, I often use this just to try and help us think about going out to live. Like, folks, we're imperfect. I'm, I'm just very aware of my uh, imperfections. And Jesus doesn't call us to live perfectly, but he does call us to live authentically. There's a difference, isn't there? So could we just say this to try and encourage each other to live authentically this week? So after three, one, two, three. Lord, help me to go out through these doors and in the strength of your spirit to live authentically for you this week. And then just one final uh, wee PowerPoint, the grace, just a way to bless each other. And then you can just quietly say hello to the people around about you um, afterwards. So... After three, one, two, three. Now may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all now and forevermore. Amen. Thank you. Thank you.